as a student, how many black teachers did you if your have? answer is two or less, you are not alone. We know that black teachers are under attack. And with all the conversation happening about black teacher recruitment, shouldn't we be talking about retention too? So where are all of our black teachers? I'm so glad you asked. In the new monthly podcast series from Tudo Productions, the exit interview coming in late January, Asia Lyons. Hey y'all. And me, Kevin Adams, talk with former black educators who've been pushed out of the classroom. We want to know their stories. Who or what made them leave? How was their family affected by the push out? And most importantly, what are they doing now that they've left the classroom? If you'd like to be on the exit interview, reach out to us on Instagram and Twitter at Two Dope Teachers or email us at twodopeteachers at gmail.com. I will. I need, I need to see it. I've, I've been watching uh, little excerpts and interviews about it. Let's just say, but, let's just say that we have accomplices in our in our world. So I will hook you up. That's it. But you know, if I would tell you, man, a movie about Fred Hampton, yeah. of the most well, literally one of the greatest, greatest, most powerful black men leader of liberation and, okay. and and the story of how they assassinated the brother. Uh, yeah, it's, it's like incredible. this. This is the evidence that we all talk about. This is the conspiracy yep. that happened. So yeah, did, you ever read, um, did you ever read Geronimo Pratt's book? Uh-uh, I haven't. I I, it came out a really long time ago. It's literally called Last Man Standing. Yes, um, yes. But, but okay. good stuff. All, I mean, all of that stuff just hits. It is. Well, folks, we are coming to you from another snowy day. Um, I don't understand how we're having snowy days in the wintertime in Colorado. Why, why is that happening? Why is it happening? It, it's funny. You can tell who's not from here when they're kind of like, Ugh, I can't believe the snow. Like how this is like, it's so cold. Why can't it just warm up? I'm like, okay, you're not from here. Are you? You were not here for the blizzard of 82. Like you are. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. You Uh-oh. understand. I'm getting nativist and I he is getting very Denver. Whenever they, I will tell you, whenever they start bringing up the blizzard of '82. <laughs> oh, you weren't here for that. I was, I've, I've heard of it all. I was calculating me. it in my head, and I'm like, I'm like, wait, is he? Maybe he's not. No, old. Oh, he's old. No, I, 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 oh, I'm not old enough to here. remember the the blizzard of '82. Uh, but I've heard about it. Trust me. Yeah. I know it, there's we, no was oh. over your door, huh? <laughs> it was a trip. We skied to my mother's house in Park Hill. These are the stories for like, people like we did. Are, Denver people right now listening to this podcast and who were here are like shaking their heads. They're like, yeah. yep, well, yep, well, sure did. People in my neighborhood probably didn't ski anywhere. Like they I think they probably just stayed in because they had the good sense to stay out of the cold. My mother does not have good sense when it comes to the cold. And um so we we skied over. That was definitely um her thing. Did I ever tell you my first word was cold? Your first word was cold? That was my first word. I'm pretty sure my mother had me in her backpack exposed on a mountain somewhere. And that's when I said my first word. I'm like, mom, how did you have me at altitude as a baby? Explains a lot. A little bit <laughs> oxygen deprivation here. What's up, folks? You know what you will not be deprived of on this wonderful episode? You will not be deprived of a fire interview slash guest she's amazing fire alert fire alert fire alert i want to check your smoke detectors because your device is about to be hot it's gonna be hot it's gonna put this this episode packs heat like the oven door (laughs) um so i can i can 
I can see Kev is like, can we get to the point, please? No, right, so no. On, <laughs> on no, no, let's not get to the point. Let's okay. keep doing what we're doing. We'll keep doing what we're doing and see how many listeners we gain slash lose. Um, we, uh, we, first of all, we're two dope teachers and a mic. If you haven't already uh, gathered that, if you're a first time listener, if you're not familiar with our work, check us out. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at two dope teachers. You can like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash two dope teachers and a mic. You can also send us an email. If you would like to send us DoorDash gift cards, if you'd like to send us uh, Venmo cash, if you'd like to do whatever, you know, send us things about how great of a podcast we are and how we should be moving up in the rankings, two dope teachers at gmail.com. Are, are you handling some important business there right now, brother? Yeah. Okay. But go ahead. Go you want me to wait? Why are you putting me on blast? I can wait. No. I'm just asking. What are you waiting for? I don't know. No, no. The people don't think about right. this. All right, we'll get into the. Uh, we'll get into the. <laughs> hey, hey, you in a closet? <laughs> That's. I am in the closet. I'm. I'm here in the closet. What you don't? Oh wait, hey, he's trapped in the closet. <laughs> What's going on in that closet? Claudia better Let's... not open the closet. This is. This is... <laughs> This is the recording space, and and it's funny because uh, my spouse will come home and they'll be like, "Hey, where's your dad?" And my daughter's like, uh, "He's he's uh, down in the he's closet. up in the closet, down in the closet, it's in the basement." I'm, no, <laughs> no, I I know what you're doing. <laughs> this is what happened. I gotta send that song to your daughter so she starts playing it for you when you go in there. You'll be like, "Why is Mr. Adam sending me things?" Um, yeah, so. So yeah, so that's where I am. Um, so our, our guest today is just an incredibly special person to me, somebody that I have met during this amazing journey as a state teacher of the year. Um, her name is Juliana Urtube, um, and she is fantastic, wouldn't you say, Kev? She is super dope amazing and uh i just think that the the listeners are gonna love you will be inspired excited ready to go after listening to her interview yeah she's so down to earth first latina to get nevada state teacher of the year which is really weird because there's a lot of brown-skinned men and women in uh in the state of nevada um and like i said one of the four finalists for national teacher of the year and we're so honored uh, to have her on the show. So you, the, the conversation is quick and it runs a gamut. There are so many different things that we cover, uh, so many topics you're really going to want to give a listen. Um, so without any more ado from me, we bring you episode 89, Juliana Urtube, Nevada State Teacher of the Year. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? We are here with a really special guest. Am I right, Kev? Yes, yes, absolutely. We are so lucky today to be blessed by this guest. We are blessed by this guest. You got bars. Hello. <laughs> Here she is. Um, so we want to introduce to Dope Nation. A lot of you may know who she is because, you know, we tend to cross over on social media and all these other platforms. But this is the brilliant and talented Juliana Urtube, the Nevada 2021 Teacher of the Year. And, and one of and the four finalists for the National Teacher of the Year. And this isn't like, I don't expect Juliana to take a, a victory lap at this point. This is not necessarily how you are wired. But congratulations <laughs> and welcome to the show. You all have me blushing already. <laughs> Hello, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> Well, we are really, really happy to have you. So, um, so we the we would love to hear a little bit just about you. Um, one of the things that we found in um, in talking to uh, teachers of color and teachers from immigrant backgrounds is that we get celebrated a lot for the work that we do, but the stories that we bring are in a lot of ways even more powerful. So, how was it that you decided to become a teacher? And in what ways do you think your own personal history contributed to your choice to enter to the field? And I, and I would actually even say, um, how do you bring those things into your work every day? A hundred percent. I think that the lineage is right, right there. So I, I, I try to share the story often because um, there's lots of glows, but there's lots of grows from, from my story. 
So I was born in Bogota, Colombia. My mom, human rights lawyer, Bogotá. linguist. Yeah. That's right, Bogota. <laughs> um, my dad, he's a musician. We were born in the height of the Civil War, grew up in Bogota. Um, and so my parents made that really difficult choice, leave Colombia and look for a safe place to raise my sisters and I. Um, but that's kind of where my immigration story takes a, a sharp turn from a lot of folks within the Latinx community. You know, we had access to documentation. My dad was born in New York, so we had dual citizenship as soon as we were born. Um, so that guaranteed us safe passage um, and a whole different kind of lifestyle because we had access to, to documentation. Um, I know working with the immigrants rights community, how difficult um, folks' lives really are, you know, because of a piece of paper. Yeah. Um, and so when we got to Chicago, my family was zoned for a school that was really gray, didn't look very welcoming, didn't look very safe. My mom, you know, put in perspective her sacrifice of leaving her home country that we loved um, to raise her daughters at a school where, you know, our personalities, our love for learning, our identities would be dimmed. Yeah. So she was able to advocate and leverage her strengths and find a bilingual program for us to enroll in. And in exchange, she taught Spanish and my dad taught music. Okay. So my parents were in and out of my education my whole life. Yeah. And I think it's beautiful. And I'm really, really appreciative of it. And I've learned so much. And I think I have a lot of love in my heart because of it. Nonetheless, I don't think it should be up to a family to advocate to have a school where their child's brilliance is nurtured, where they love to learn, where yeah. they don't feel policed, where it's happy, where it's colorful, you yeah. know, you name it. I think every single child has that right. And when we look across the landscape of our country, so many students and so many children, immigrant or not, do not have that access. And so that's why I became a teacher, because I know what powerful things will happen when teachers design instruction and design their school spaces to not just include, but to center families, to center communities, to center all of that brilliance and love and joy. Yeah. I, I know what, what transformative power it'll have. So that's why I'm a teacher 100% day in, day out. Um, I teach students with special needs because I also see their brilliance. You know, I work with an organization called Understood um, and they work to support the one in five with thinking and learning differences. Yeah. And that's exactly how I see it. You know, we are all on our own path, um, but we'll get there if we work collectively. Um, so a lot of the times people will be like, oh, I didn't know you were a special ed teacher. <laughs> Good. That's the point. Yeah. You know, it's all about inclusion. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah. It, I it, love that. I great. love that. Looked like Kevin was going to. So. <laughs> Oh, go ahead. Go no, ahead. You go ahead. This, you, no, this, this, this is real. This is real podcasting, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I love that you're saying that like you're a special ed teacher, but people don't even realize it when they're looking in your classroom, right? They don't see that because like, I think this idea that every student deserves like the best access to education. And I think that's so important. And I, I, I just love that like, that's your perspective. It's so inspiring. Um, what do you feel like sustains you as a teacher? What pedagogies and practices do you believe in? What are those things that are sustaining you as a teacher? And this is really, that's a great question. Um, and I think that right now, like if you ask me literally coffee and the love of my, my life partner um, and my puppies, like yep. literally that's what, that's what's Absolutely. keeping me going. Absolutely. But if we're looking like at a bigger lens, I think that um, I definitely live within this context of grassroots work, right? Um, I'm looking at holistic lenses, right? So one of the biggest things is understanding not only your own community, but the communities you serve, the sociopolitical context. So mm -hmm. history, but like whose history, right? The people's right. history looking at, yes. I remember being so inspired when I ran into Howard Zinn's The People's History and just yeah. killing those books yeah. as fast as I could. Um, I think it's so important to look at um, human rights movements mm -hmm. as, critical teachers for teachers. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't want to be cliche, but I love Paula Freire's work. Yes. Um, 
bell hooks people yeah, are like yes. wait, bell, bell hooks for education I'm like yes, yes bell hooks absolutely. for education yes, bell, bell hooks we're still trying to get bell hooks on the show um i'm, I'm not sure bell hooks understands that we exist but, but <laughs> still out here trying to get bell hooks <laughs> come on the show i'll be the first to download that podcast there you go yeah oh man I, I think we'll retire the pod at that point like i think i think at that point kev we're done aren't we uh, uh... I don't know. We'd probably just be hitting our stride. So I say we keep going. Okay. Keep going. We keep going. Keep going. Yeah. No, but, but you know, like when yeah. you look at her work, yeah. she doesn't just center on like one pillar of existence. She does work in environmentalism in yep. de- demantling and dismantling patriarchy yeah. education. She writes children's book. Yeah. Like these kinds of thinkers that are really holistic are the kinds of folks that, that sustain me. Um, yeah. well, what, and what honestly, really, yeah, go ahead. Honestly, the kids, I know it sounds so cheesy, but the kids, I just got off a phone call with a family that um, I knew a couple years ago from the school. And I swear, like, we're like both in tears because we're like, we miss you. Yeah. They, they miss us. They're like, send us pictures. And you're like, okay, that's the kind of stuff that like keeps me going. Yeah. I, you and, know, I find that oh, we okay. also, Kevin and I also really um, find those same ideas to be really powerful because they're humanizing pedagogies. These are the philosophies that aren't just about what happens between your ears in a uh, four by four space that is defined as a classroom that, you know, we, we really are looking at how the human element is allowed to flower and thrive in, in the classroom. Um, and, and I think for, for, for us both, we're always focused on education as a practice of freedom. How do people become free and how do we set up um, spaces in in our time with students um, to allow them to kind of to to allow them to discover uh, the freest version of themselves. Kev, what were you going to say? I was going to say, uh, how do you do grassroots with elementary students? Like yeah, grassroots, what's what 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 is because you know I love elementary kids and I'm always impressed with elementary teachers. Like I always bow down to them, and the <laughs> only teachers I bow down to more than elementary are the ECE. <laughs> because like it's just amazing but like how do you how do you do grassroots with your Seriously, elementary i can't kids? even i don't even know how to do grassroots like with an example but you don't have to take us through all the magic right because we know <laughs> there's a lot in there that there's there's all but like what's an example of, of like some of the grassroots stuff that i'm sure our listeners you know who are elementary teachers who are always trying to engage in this practice of freedom and education to trans uh form like, what do, what do you do? What do you do? You know, it took me a long time to figure it out. And the solution is really simple in my view. You just gotta find spaces where kids can be their truest selves. You know, the youngest students, if you ask a kindergartner about fairness, about equity, about right and wrong, they'll center it on wellness and their friends being well and their family being well. Um, and they lead with love. Mm. So like, you know, they are, they are already that. Um, but like, so for, at my last school, we built a garden. And when I say we, I mean, it was a whole community. We had hundreds and hundreds of people helping. Um, and it was the students and their families who got to decide what we built, when we built it, how we built it. Um, we even built an adobe bench, you know, using recipes and knowledge from our students' families. Um, and it's funny because the moms would make fun of me. They're like, my staff. <laughs> like, yes, that's what we're going to do. Cause that, that's going to be so much fun for the kids. Um, but, but my favorite example and seeing my students like light up is I would tell them, okay, let's go find um, things that like symbolize our skin colors. So most mm. colores de la tierra, like we are the color of the earth. Yeah. And every single student, no matter what tonality they are, found an example of earth that matches their skin color like, uh, and that's, that's not my okay. lesson I didn't come up with that you know we, yes. can, we can credit that to to a lot of different groups um mostly native and indigenous knowledge but and and that's not my knowledge but that's the knowledge that exists and comes up when we're yep. in the garden yeah. yes no that's amazing like it's funny because you know on the one hand as a high school teacher I'm kind of like, how can you even do that with younger students? But I think what you said is so resonant in the sense that the little ones really do lead with their hearts. And when you ask them, um, when you ask them questions, 
um, they they will answer like you know wholeheartedly, and and the and and where you guide them will actually be the manifestation of, in kind of its purest form and its grassroots form. Uh, I think that's really amazing. Um, a while back we had uh, we had Key Gross of uh, Walt Kindergarten on, and they talked a lot about this very same thing about how the idea of teaching social justice and grassroots organizing to little ones is really not that radical. Um, in a lot of ways, it's very natural because they they see things that we don't always give them credit for seeing. Um, so that's amazing. Um, I have kind of a follow up with that. Um, so coming from Colombia and then growing up. Um, so where, where was it that you grew up? Mostly in Phoenix. I grew mostly up mostly in Phoenix, in Phoenix okay, so, and Tucson. So, so you're from, you're from kind of the area. I'm kind of curious as to how, you know, because in, in that area, so, so we're basically neighbors in Colorado. So in that area, there's such a uh, mystique. There's this uh, spirituality that goes back generations uh, with the ancestors and that kind of thing. How has that informed some of the things that you're talking about? The, you know, the Somos Colores de la Tierra, the, the relationship that students have with the creation around them. Like how, mm -hmm. how has that manifested for you in, in your work and in your life? You know, being Colombiana means being multi-ethnic, right? So I have a lineage of Afro-Colombianos. I have a lineage of indigenous Colombianos. My family um, can trace back roots to Chipcha yeah. culture um, and then obviously Spanish roots. Um, and so I think growing up with that mentality, I knew that there isn't one way of being. There's so mm -hmm. many ways of being. And I think that um, just naturally my, my interest led me to um, more learning that was nature guided, that was guided by, you know, like conocimientos, people's knowledge. Um, I love storytelling yeah. and I love listening to stories. I, I'm an avid reader. And I think my mom has kind of this heart and she yeah. passed on this heart to me okay. and my partner, he's very much, he's very much attuned to those things. And um, so when it's about community and collectivism, you know, it just feels right. Yeah. Um, and yes, in Arizona, you know, I grew up and um, so many of my friends were Hopi, Dene, yeah. Yaki. And so I, I think I was really blessed to grow up where I did because that, that has informed me a lot. There's yeah. just, I think the biggest thing I talk about when we're trying to dispel um, racism in schools or whatever is shattering this like idea of normal. Because even me growing up, I thought normal was white people. I thought normal was English and you could yeah. list, you know, heterosexual, you could list the whole thing of what yeah. normal yeah. was. And it's just smashing that, right? That that doesn't exist. Yeah. And that is a very scary thought for a lot of people, yeah. but that's okay for them to be scared about that. Cause there's some growth to do. There's no such thing as normal. Absolutely. And so when everything's natural and who you are supposed to be, and we love it and we embrace it, there's work to do. It's hard. It's not all rainbows and butterflies. Sure, I know, sure. but I'd like it to be because <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's a lot to grow from. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's great. So we, we got to talk about uh, the elephant in the room, um, <laughs> which, which is, so uh, those of our listeners uh, know that um, when it comes to being state teacher of the year, I've just stepped into this power. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm like, yeah, I am. <laughs> um, and uh you know, Juliana, one thing that's been so amazing about getting to know you over these weeks and months is, um, is how you, you embody the power without being annoying like me. Um, and so, <laughs> and, uh, so like, so, so there's a couple of really amazing things that I, I think are just so powerful for teachers like me and Kevin. The first thing is um, first Latina to get Nevada Teacher of the Year. That that's yes. such a oh, that's so amazing. It's so brilliant. big deal. Big and deal. drum roll. And one of the four finalists for National Teacher of the Year. Um, you know, and when we had talked about doing this episode, you're like, I don't want to overemphasize this. There's so many other things that that um, that we should be talking about <laughs> regarding education and community and that kind of thing. So we're not going to overemphasize it, but. How are you sitting with this right now? What, where, what is your, like, just kind of what's your, what's your, you know, your, 
your psychological and spiritual state with this incredible um, honor. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. So we can move on to the next question. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. You're right. We, we should talk about this because um, there's lots of things. Hopefully I can kind of hit on all, all the things that my brain is thinking. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. first is awe. When we look at the 56 state teachers of the year, the storytelling, the power, the commitment is just amazing. And I'm just so proud to be part of this cohort. Like you have no idea that this is one of the things that's keeping me going. I wanna know more about each and every one of those teachers. Um, and then to be the first Latina teacher of the year in Nevada, a state that is historically full and vibrant with Latinx yes. communities yeah, and not just Latinx. Because I'm kind of like, wait, but how can that be? But you know, yeah, absolutely. We have a really vibrant Vietnamese population, Filipino population, Hawaiian population. I know they're part of the United States, but you know, there's, there's native knowledge and heritage yep. there. Yeah. So it's just such an honor because I, I keep saying to people, um, it's not me, it's we. So it's yeah. not just me, it's all other Latino teachers, it's all other teachers of color, it's teachers who garden, it's it's us, right? So I think that's been helping me keep myself grounded and 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 with perspective on it. I'm honored beyond belief. I like I just I I still can't believe it. When <laughs> when I got the call, I fell to the floor quite literally. Yeah. Um just it's just it's awe-inspiring. Um and the opportunity to serve is really important. So for me, you know, I really look for opportunities that elevate teachers and teacher voice and center our voice and let us speak freely. Gerardo, you probably feel the same way. I couldn't talk about like my political beliefs so openly before. Yeah. And every year yeah. I've been able to be more and more open about how I feel about the world, how I see the world and do it unapologetically before there was a sense of like, this is your professional life. This is your personal mm -hmm. life. Don't cross them. Right, Kevin, I see you like, yeah. yes. Yeah. So <laughs> the more the world changes, the more we get to be those people and to have a platform where we're talking about things like inclusion and um, centering families and community and hearing firsthand from kids of color teachers of color. I'm just honored to be part of that. Um, I love teachers. I think teachers have an amazing power to transform yeah. a lot. And so if we can, if, if me being a finalist helps us do that across the country, I'm with it. I'm for it. Um, how I'm handling it emotionally. I think that I am just trying to see it kind of as a metamorphosis. All of us yeah. who are in this cohort are metamorphosing into the forever 21 state teachers of the year. Yeah. Um, and as a finalist, you know, I spent a lot of time reading and absorbing and enjoying the other four or the other three finalists application yeah. and watching, um, you know, whatever they had out in the world, watching it and just being really inspired by their work too, because I think that what this is about is about elevating each other. And so that's my commitment. And I think that kind of helps me um, be present because I don't want this year to pass us by without yeah. or feeling like I was too overwhelmed or too stressed. Yeah. I just want to be right here with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And we're already two months into 2021 and it's, it's like, it is flying right by, but um, yeah, no, that was amazing. And just kind of on a, on a personal note, we were both at induction last week and um, and it was really powerful. I was really nervous about being there because I cope with hardcore um, imposter syndrome. Um, I've got all these issues that I'm sure Kevin could list off um, <laughs> that that I deal with. Um, I'm you know I, I have a learning disability which comes through when I don't know what meeting I'm supposed to be in or how we're supposed to do something. And um, you know so I've got these kind of things. And so I step into that space and it's such a um, it's such a group of accomplished and energetic people. I was just really nervous what that was going to look like. I was afraid I was going to be the brown boy in AP classes again, right? Uh, <laughs> I was in high school, but going into that space was pretty incredible. And, you know, I don't, <laughs> there was like nobody that annoyed me. <laughs> like, saying a lot. <laughs> and it's saying a lot for him. Because, I will tell I can attest to that. Because I get annoyed. Um, and so, you know, and, and you're definitely, um, you know, you're definitely one of those people that, you know, you look at the four finalists and you're like, man, like this, this is great. Like what an incredible crew of people. Can I so, tell you something, Kevin? Go ahead. 
Can I tell you something? You let us know. Gerardo, just me, just between me and you. Gerardo initiated probably the most beautiful part of the whole thing. And I don't want to like invade anybody's privacy. And I know that it was a special moment between the cohort. So I'll just tell you like a little brief part yes, of it. Yes. But it was by far my most favorite part. Yes. Um, there was a conversation about like really looking at identity and really like deconstructing this deconstructing the colonialism behind identity. Yes. Um, and he led this amazing conversation with everybody where everybody was really able to speak their truth. And I have to tell you, it was the first time in an educational space where my mic was muted the whole time because I didn't have to say anything. All those points were being brought up by Gerardo, by other folks. And it led to a moment um, and I'm not going to say much because I don't want to mess with anybody, but it led to a moment where someone was able to exhale. And I mean that in the deepest sense, yes. you know, pain that they had been holding on to for quite a while. Mm-hmm. They felt so validated at that point because there was teachers like Gerardo speaking up that they were able to like release that. And I have to tell you, like, I'm getting kind of teary eyed thinking about it right now. Gerardo, that was my favorite moment of the whole two days we spent together. Um, it was loving it was brilliant it was straightforward i really appreciated it thank you it was it was so wild because um i you know and and this this is how the podcast started like things that i didn't say in front of people that i would say to kevin and um we would you know this is why you know this is this is my brother right like and and i think that it's taken me probably way too long to speak out on things that that I see and to trust that what I'm seeing is real but but that moment was so funny because I I said what I said and then it was quiet <laughs> and I'm kind of like uh-oh <laughs> um, maybe okay. I'm going the way because because a week before I had done something similar and it went totally south and so um and so I was really I was I was very nervous I wasn't sure um how whether others were feeling similarly or whether it would start a conversation and so people's um you know and same with you not not gonna you know yank on anybody out in in the open about this but um but people's reactions were it was just really it was just really powerful where where it became a space for sharing and so thank thank you for that it was um it was it was it was intense um and and you were one of the first people who messaged me in support and uh and that was that was really good. It's like, okay, okay, I'm good by Juli. Good. All right. <laughs> Gold star for Gerardo. That's what that's what matters. <laughs> I tell him all the time to trust his voice. He doesn't he doesn't listen to me. I'm like, I ain't steering you wrong. I ain't steering you wrong. But that doesn't surprise me. And I'm I'm proud of him too. I, I don't tell him enough, you know, because like you said, we are brothers. And so yeah. I don't want him to get a big, big head. But, uh, but, but but no but that's what I love about hearing the stories and being you know like part of me like I'll be honest like I'm like oh that's corny I don't want to be part of no teacher <laughs> you know I'm, I'm me I'm one man gang I don't need nothing you know nobody but me I came in this world by myself be by myself you know <laughs> but but when when I hear the stories of of the camaraderie and and the community and and the the like-mindedness of people, you know, working on the same thing, you know, and I think that's part of this podcast too, as we've, as we've recorded it and interviewed people from all over the country, you know, you just realize the power of it all and the connection of it all. And that we do need spaces. We are dying for these spaces to have these conversations to really, you know, in particular teachers of color, like you said, be able to exhale be able to, to just, I, I let it all out. Like I, I left it there because so many times I think we find ourselves, you know, um, where we, we find ourselves, you know, where we're holding all this stuff in. And like you said before, being your best self, like um, I use this Chris Inden quote with my students to share. I'm like, and it's where he talks about like the most authentic classroom, the best student is when you're being your most authentic ratchet self, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, that that's that's what it is, you know, and all of that glory of who we are, each one of us, you know. And so I am just so excited to find out who the finalist is. I have I'm rooting for folks, I'm not gonna let that out. You know, I might have I might have called your state 
Juliana and place some bets at those, <laughs> those wonderful. Yeah, that's right. Betting is legal in Colorado too. Like we can bet. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't even have to call there. I I don't think we have I don't think we have lines on the national teacher of the year yet in Colorado. Uh, you never know. No. And, you never and, know. I, and and I know that you know uh, Juliana wants to um want like one thing that I just really love and respect about you, Hermana, is is how for you. Um, your the way you carry yourself in this world is bigger than any recognition, any category you fall into, any award that you receive, any label that's affixed to you. That you you really are looking at at the whole picture, and that's I think that's a um, a powerful example of why you are where you are, and um, and that's amazing. And so yeah, so I mean, ha having had conversations with um with each of the four finalists some more in depth than others um i definitely have you know some feelings but you know um i have so much respect for all four finalists um that i and so well when do they make the big announcement juliana when when is the official announcement yeah i don't even know made? i stopped paying attention you when know they or is it just like you they do they just like, do they just like surprise you? Like, it's just like, today's the day. Get ready. Make sure you got your hair did. You got your hair did? Like, oh, wait, what? That's what happened when I got announced as teacher of the year in Nevada. It was a surprise. I thought I was logging into a teacher retention meeting. Oh, I thought I was, was logging into a I wasn't going to go. I don't have time. I, I, I thought go I was going meeting. to a grant meeting. Like They're like, please, no, you have to come to this. No, I don't got time for this meeting. Not today. Not today. Really? Don't test me like this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so i i think it's in the springtime i think it's the late springtime you know with covid things might be shifting a little yes, bit yes. but with covid and i think that the idea that i love the most is that whoever is selected be it me be it one of the other finalists like we are going to rally behind that person because yeah. we we're a team and i'm just i'm so privileged just to even consider that that's a possibility for yeah. me but literally like my mom four. says poco a poco se raya el coco like little by little you grate that coconut so one step at a time and then we'll we'll see we'll see we'll see what tomorrow brings that's it that's i have it. to say one of my this is an aside and then we we're gonna have you um kind of chop it up about uh national board certification and kind of the opportunities that that's afforded you and they could afford others but uh we work with uh three colombianos in our in our building um all of them in the world language department um, one of them, Marcela, who's wonderful, she's amazing, speaks like five languages, she's ridiculous. Um, Marcela, I'm always learning these little Colombian idioms when I talk to her. And so we were in a disagreement, or we, we weren't disagreeing with each other, we were both kind of frustrated with a colleague. And she kind of uh, just kind of throws up her hand and she goes, bueno, pero cada loco tiene su cuento. <laughs> And I, it's great. It's like, wow, every crazy has a story. I love it. <laughs> um, and so I just have to give a shout out from a, from a Mexicano to a, to a Colombiana about just the way y'all make this language sound. It's, it's wonderful. Um, Kevin, you want to take the next one? Yes, yes. So Juliana, you've been a, a champion of national board certification. Tell me, tell me, can you speak to that accomplishment? your learning, your growth in this area. And and why should I, because I'm, I'm looking for something to do, but if you're trying to convince me, why should I pursue <laughs> national board certification? You could get a job uh, what, in Atlanta, what would that, bro. What you would could that go do back for, to the ATL and teach. Oh, wait, wait, you didn't tell me, you didn't tell me that. You that's, didn't tell me that. That's the only thing I know about it. <laughs> I'm a super nerd, so I'm gonna go like the intrinsic motivational way. Oh, yes. there you go. Yes. Kevin's there a nerd also. He's also a nerd. I'm pretty nerdy. Okay. If I get one tattoo, it's going to be like, I love MBPTS, <laughs> National Board for Professional Learning Teaching Standards. Okay. So there are times in your practice that you just got to go deeper. Like you've taken the classes, you've done the master's degrees, you've, you've done the things, but most, if you think of most of our professional learning, one, it's not done by teachers for teachers. And yeah. two, it's about exterior things that you got to bring inward, right? Yeah. National board is a deep look at yourself, a deep reflection, a deep analysis of your own practice and your students. It's talk about being present. It's about what is happening right now in your classroom, who your students are right now, what are their needs right now? How are you going to get them to their goals? 
So it's, it's not an easy process. You know, it's, you have to commit as much as you can to this process. If you're going to get a lot out of it, I did all four components in one year. If you have the support time, you're able to go for it because it's, I went full into it. Like I told my friends, I'll see you all in about 11 months. If you love me, you'll be there. Um, my partner and his family were really supportive. My family was really supportive. I had an amazing cohort of folks around me supporting me Mm -hmm. and I went into it and I learned so much about myself. You're super vulnerable. Um, because you have to really ask yourself, why do I do these things? Teachers, we do so much automatically and we don't really think about why we do it. We just do a bunch of things and then, you know, trial and error and move on. That makes me think of my own practice where I'm kind of, where like when I ask students for for like reflection and feedback and like comments on what we're doing, like I I tell them, I take this really seriously because I've been doing this for 22 years and I know that I've probably constructed this really intricate world that I understand but I don't know if anybody else understands it. And, um, and so that kind of deep reflection, uh, that kind of scares me now. I don't want to do it. <laughs> wait, hold up. No, you wait. wait I'm like, wait, you, man, you I've been vulnerable. I've been this vulnerable. This is the middle for, of the story, man. For 45 years. That's where you grow. That's where you grow. Like if we think about gardens, like the most bountiful yes. parts of gardens are like the edges where two worlds meet. Yes. Right. Mm. So okay. when I was thinking about it, I picked up the book. There's this 35 page book. Um, it's called what teachers should know and be able to do. It was written. Guess by Guess what? By teachers. Like, what? All of National Board is by teachers for teachers. Well, that's interesting. So it just feels good. <laughs> yes. And I was picking it up. I'm like, what is this about? And I read it. And on the first part of the first core proposition, it talks about equity. And this was written in the 80s and it's been um, redone a few times. But in the 80s, they were talking about a teacher has to bring forth equity for their class, for their students, like fully 80s. embracing their identities, fully embracing their needs, seeing their assets. And I was like, okay, sign me up. Yeah, sign me up. Like I've been. It starts with my favorite song. It's it's becoming my favorite song. It's becoming very clear to me that I had no national board certified teachers in my K through twelve education. (laughs) There's research out there that says that um, students make two to three months more growth if they have a national board certified teacher. That's not to say that teachers who aren't national board aren't doing that. Yep, yep. But there's a pattern. And can you imagine a kid from K to 12 having national board teachers getting two All extra years of learning? All the way. It's amazing. Yeah. And the other thing, the last thing I'll say is that I'm part of a, of a team that's bringing forth supports for teachers of color. Um, our name is called Name. We're the network. Oh, I know about Name. I yeah. Your name is Name? You know what? name is Name. I love that. I'm also a Chicano, and so I always looked at it as, oh, yeah, that's like Name, right? Like, <laughs> Nike, like I think Nike. I found out in an interview that it wasn't Name. Like, I, like I, we were talking, and Kevin, you, who was it that brought up Name that we were interviewing? And I called I it can't Name. Remember. I can't remember. Like, oh, oh, oh okay. <laughs> All right. See, this is yeah, that beautiful bilingual brain. That's yeah, right. Exactly. That's all right. That's all right. Anyway, so, right. so Name is doing this work. Yeah, so we're a network for National Board. Um, It's the network of accomplished minoritized educators. And we're trying to increase the number of teachers of color who are certified. We understand that we have different barriers, um, sometimes more barriers, and we're trying to knock down those barriers. If you want to know one of my sheroes, her name is Peggy Brookins. She's a CEO and the president of National Board. Talk about mover and shaker. Talk about somebody who loves teachers. Talk about somebody walking the walk. Wait, talking the walk? Walking the walk? I don't know. I have issues with idiots. You're good. English was my second language. You're good. I feel like when you put the talk and the walk together, that's what you're supposed to be doing. But that's all right. It's all right. I think you you know what I'm getting to. She she knows her stuff. She knows her stuff. (laughs) Funny story. I can't walk and talk at the same time. Like I'm very, like I can't do two things at once. (laughs) I can talk in any scenario. Like that's just how. Uh, Yeah, I'm skilled like that too. (laughs) Well, we're so we're running short on time, and we know you have commitments that that we need to get you to. Um, So first, Kev, are we going to do national board then? Me and you. I mean, I, I, I think after what Juliana said, like, okay, I, I think I, we're in. I think. I, like, I remember looking at it and I was like, as to quote my students, that is doing the most. That's doing the most. <laughs> I'm like, doing the most. wait, wait. Oh, wait. And this? And, and, wait. And this? Kevin ain't oh, trying man. to do things. All right. So, 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 so Juliana, I but, but who knows? You but, every but step you, of the way. 
with, right, with support like you and if I could join the name, uh, you know, if I got that to support me too, you know, because that's the other thing about stuff like, to be honest, I'm going to be worried that I'm like, uh, I'm going to be in a group with a bunch of, and I'm sorry to say this. You are not sorry to say this. White lady teachers. And, and I, <laughs> right. I can't do that. I can't do that for a year. That can be a hard space. But that's what you'll find out about the national board board. One, you don't have to be a national board certified teacher to join AIM. Yes. We want teachers all through the spectrum of their candidacy or their, their national board journey. Yes. Two, that's exactly what we're saying is that teachers of color need support of teachers who understand the invisible tax we pay at schools, the, the hardships, all of that. We need people who see us, mirror us, you know, all of that. So I'm with you, Kevin. I get it. Yeah. Um, and I'll be that person. I, that's I love that's it. what I love. All right. All right. All right. I'm, 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 I'm changing my thoughts. I'm changing we're in. my thoughts. So who knows where I'll be next year this time? We're in. Um, yeah, may, maybe still podcasting, hopefully, but yeah, absolutely. Um, so, Juliana, we we have a really, really, really important question to ask, and we're very sorry that we only have two minutes to address it. But Kev, do you want to drop the big question? The, the big, big question. question. Now you have to think this through. I don't Is know. Is it bigger you, than hip hop? If it's, you think, oh, if you uh, it's, it's bigger than hip hop. No, oh, it can't be. It can be. I, I so I would say if you think this is going to compromise in any way your candidacy for national teacher of the year, we we told like these are some hot takes. Uh, yes. The nation, yes. the nation will react. Kev. <laughs> yes. Yes. So so um, we're, let's get right to it. Top favorite five rappers. Now again, when I say top five or favorite five, we mean this in a non-hierarchical sense. You can put it however unless you, you want. want it to be. You, unless you want it to be your top five or favorite five, it can be group, it can be single artist. You can play with the rules of 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 list and have like two for five or yeah, two you can for have like four, a nine way tie two for, for three, three, two for one. You can go wherever you want with That's this. Right. Like, so we we should just be like, this is your five. This is your time to talk about rap, but. We want you to just wrap it up with like top five. Or, wrap it up. I see what you did. You see what I'm honey, saying? Honey. Yes, uh-huh. yes. <laughs> Didn't even mean to. Right. But uh, let's go. Let's go. Right, let's, get to the all right. She's going to be late to her meeting. Let her get to oh, the- it's all good. This is worth it. This is worth it. They'll oh, wait good. for all me. Right. I promise. They're, they love all me. Right, here we go. All yeah. right. This is hard. This is hard. First of all, I love all music, right? So yes. as a Colombiana, I love like Afro-Latino music. Oh. Okay, yes. but not my number one, and I'm biased, but like once you listen to his music, you'll see that it's not just bias. Number one, all time favorite hip hop artist of the world is my partner. His all name right. is Olmeca. Olmeca. Oh, there and we go. He is brilliant. Don't let, I think he's in the other room, so he'll hear me, but he is brilliant. Oh, he yeah. I've been listening to his stuff. You have? Oh, yeah. No, you like the, the as soon as you sent me like stuff, I was playing it. And some of my kids, you can you can tell them this. He's gonna swell his melon a little bit. Um, some of his some of my students walked in when I was playing it the other day and they're like, Mr. What's this? This is good. Like, and this is like 15-year-olds, so so there you go. Uh, uh. yeah. So I feel like we we would have access to potentially have Olmec on the show, no? He teaches at the university, so I think he's he's definitely a dope teacher. Oh, that's oh, what's up. Oh, that's man. what's up. That's yeah. what's up. And he's a bilingual hip hop artist. He yes. fuses trap and uh, Afro Latino rhythms. Yes. I mean, like, anyway, his music, his last album, Define, is like a, an album that's like a journey, start All to right. finish. That's I tell real. you, if I wasn't in love with him, I would still be in love with oh, his music. Oh, that's <laughs> what's go. up. That's what's up. That's, okay. that's the real cosine. <laughs> and he comes from Project Bloat, so like, Hip hop as a art form, kind of a yes. thing. Yes. Love it. Um, also on that list is this uh, MC called Siwatse. She's from LA. It's uh, her name means first woman and now what? Dude, I can't repeat some of my favorite lines because they're not. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but talk about fire. Yeah. Talk about fire. She just she centers women and dismantling patriarchy in all of her music and it's just it's fire oh yeah that's dope that's dope um okay we're getting we're getting we're getting uh, i love it i love it because like that's the love it. Up, you know that's the streets the streets like that's what... used to say Kara's one used to be don't you want to hear more KRS on your radio station <laughs> <laughs> 
is hip hop from the people. All right. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and that's where the, the music industry is going, right? Independent folks. That's right. Like, it's easier. It's mm-hmm. easier. Folks mm-hmm. crazy eternal. Yeah. Okay. So then I'll go a little, a little more commercial. Okay. Oh, you don't have to. Just keep it where you keep it where you I keep love it. Kendrick. I love and, uh, Kendrick. Yes. I love Kendrick. I mean, yeah. I love Kendrick Lamar. I'm, his the the Black uh, Panther album. Yes, is my so favorite. Good. So good. Oh, it's so good. I know, and um, that's good for a movie soundtrack because I was like, oh, okay, it's probably fine. It's a movie soundtrack. No, it's a good album. It's a great album. All right, yes. so we got Omeka Siwate, Kendrick. More. I'm gonna go past as far. I'm also I also love 90s hip hop. Yes. R&B. I love 90s R&B. Oh man. Yes, yes. Oh, yes. Like so so much. <sighs> but like so Lauren Hill, left Ooh. eye. Yes. Oh, yes. I just eye. that's I live there. Um and then I love the T-Rex. So that's two, two for one. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> yep, all right. The truth speaker and like born, you know, I, I think that they're when I t- when I was thinking about like, who do I love? It's the folks who are like on constant replay. Right. Yes. And then the other one is run the jewels. Oh, uh, you know, you know, I know. I know. No, what no, no, you're no, no, no. I'm not, I'm not criticizing like, um, yeah. So, and again, we know you need to go, but, um, but run the jewels has actually come up on a couple of other lists. And so I, th- I think they're sneaky good. They're like, so good. You can't be about real hip hop and not like love run the jewels. Like real hip hop, real like 90s, like you said, real hip hop. Yeah. And it's like run the jewels is like the highest level of like, it's it's like, but then it became popular with everybody. Yeah. Right. So that's the thing. Like it's like, oh, everybody, it's like when MF Doom died. Right. It's like when Doom died, everybody was like, it's like, wait. You don't even know who MF Doom was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> See, this is this is us being hip hop gate gatekeepers, man. We don't know. And look, yeah. I can't I can't criticize anybody's top five because Meek Mill is on my top five right now. Like, so you know, I you He's know, <laughs> we He's in the championship. <laughs> well, Juliana Ortube, we we it's just been such an honor to to chop it up with you today. This is this is yes. this has been likewise. So we we don't want to make you late to a meeting, but speaking of Meek Mill's championships. I feel like we just won the podcasting championship. We did. We did. Aw, stop it. Yes. We are. We're sending you all of the vibes, all of the energy, just to continue um, having this big heart and this incredible, infectious optimism that you're bringing. Yes. And the honesty. Yes. Uh, It's been beautiful to have you on the show. I appreciate you both so much. And keep making the good podcast for tired teachers like me. (laughs) You're going to keep us going. We got to keep ourselves, we got to keep each other going for sure. We're in it, we're in it together. Absolutely. Right. Well, I'm sending you both virtual hugs. Virtual yes. hugs to you. Um, and uh, could we get a stay dope out of you? Can we get a stay dope? Can we get a stay dope? So we'll, so we'll, we'll just really quick conclude the show and then you, you say stay dope with us. Okay, just stay dope. All right, yeah, that's it. All right, our guest. Oh, stay dope. Stay dope. Stay dope. Like stay two dope, dope teachers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Stay dope. All right, yeah. I'm sorry. Stay I'm sorry. Dope. I had some some issues there. Okay. <laughs> All right. So for Juliana Urtubevi, uh, one of the four finalists for National Teacher of the Year and State Teacher of the Year of Nevada, for Kevin Adams, my brother in teaching, and for myself, Gerardo Munoz, we invite you to stay focused, stay energized, stay optimistic mystic and beyond anything make sure that you always stay Stay dope. dope